0: Hello, everyone. It is one of your co-hosts, Renaissance, here. I was the editor of this week's episode for The Lavender Menace. And just a heads up, in case you don't follow me and Sunny on Twitter, which you totally should for updates on the podcast and just to hear our tweets in general. But this episode, we ended up recording for over two hours. And because of a little Twitter poll that I hosted, The winning option was to split the episode into two parts instead of doing one long mega episode. So the episode that you're about to listen to right now is us going over all three parts of the podcast, the hot take, what we watched together, and our recommendations. And we will be posting a special midweek episode that has a, a significant conversation that I think is really interesting. I didn't want to throw it away altogether, but just didn't happen to make it into the podcast. And we will be posting that on Wednesday as a kind of episode 3.5 between this week and uh, next week. Also, we just want to acknowledge that this episode is coming out two days late. That was because we weren't able to finish our shared media and record on friday because of sunny's injury that uh she sustained um so sorry for that but thankfully sunny is okay and healing so with that being said uh please listen and enjoy the episode and we will see you all on wednesday and the saturday after that enjoy I am Renaissance Marie, your favorite Twitter presence and Twitter representation, and casual YouTuber Renaissance Marie on YouTube. And I am Sunny,
1: booktuber, and current injury sustainer because I fell off the roof yesterday, hit my mm-hmm. head. Some have five staples in there and my whole body is bruised but yes I am fine um, and today we are bringing to you our weekly podcast show where we discuss a hot take then discuss a piece of media that we consume together and then we recommend to each other other pieces of media so do you want to introduce to us what we're talking about today first renaissance
0: Yes, so today for our hot take, we are going to be discussing the groundbreaking, world-changing act that Taylor Swift did yesterday on <laughs> April 30th. Um, the
1: socio-political implications yes. of
0: her Instagram story. The effects to this is akin to the Berlin Wall coming down. I or think. like 9-11. Yeah. Um, both of those things combined is the impact of what Taylor Swift did yesterday. I agree. I love today. <laughs> which was reposting um Girl in Red's new album and not only just reposting it, but saying that she's listening to the album on repeat. Repeat. Like <laughs> continuing. She's like, This is my new Bible, this is my new doctrine. Like
1: I love it. Oh, Everyone throttle. go buy
0: this album right now. Everyone mm-hmm. go
1: listen to it right now. And you know, when Taylor Swift said that, I was like, I will. Let me go listen to this album right now. And listen, I listened to the album. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And I understand why Taylor likes it.
0: I, okay, I saw a very funny tweet <laughs> that was like, um, why does Taylor Swift make so much good music uh-huh. when the music that she likes is so bad? <laughs> yeah, no, I commented under that tweet because I saw that
1: tweet on my, on my timeline because so many of my mutuals had liked it. And at first mm-hmm. I misread it because I thought it said, um, why does Taylor Swift make such bad music when she listens to so many bad artists? I was like, what are you talking about? But then I reread it. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And I think it's really funny because her having like bad taste, but like making good art is kind of like how Swifties are considered as having bad taste. But we, know, like, but we know it's good art, you know?
0: I mean, yeah, okay. I started listening to the album. I didn't finish it, the Girl in Red album. Part of it was that the aesthetics of the album just did not match the mood that I was feeling at that time. So I was just like, this isn't feeding me because like, I'm not open to receiving what the album is giving right now. Like, that was just not in the musical headspace that I was in. And I, I'm just very particular about the music that I listen to in a certain mood at a certain time of day. Um, When I did listen to it, I'd say I listened to, like, the first half of it. Hold on. I can even look up what song I last listened to. I didn't think that the first song was that great for start of an album. Like, I didn't love the first song in the album. Um, There's one song about intrusive thoughts that I thought was, like, really... As I have OCD and I experience intrusive thoughts, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of, like... Cool song about that perspective. That's not like like I was like, oh, that this is a cool take on like. This I had experience really, in this art form.
1: I had a really different experience because yesterday when I started listening to it, yesterday, okay, let me give you some backstory. The reason why I fell off the roof was because I was hanging out with my other. <laughs> day
0: you day Wait, is this is the story that you're about to tell in relation to the Girl in Red album? Or are you yes. just going to talk about you falling? No no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. This is important. Okay. So we were on the roof, and I was with my other they She, lesbian. Her name's Anna. She listened to our podcast. She told us that she loved it. Thank you, Anna. Um, but we were, we were just hanging out there having like a picnic, and I was li- I was playing the Girl in Red album,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and the first song, the one about. I you said that you didn't like the first song, but the first song is the one that's about intrusive thoughts. Called Serotonin. Um No. She talks about intrusive thoughts in there. That's part of like the lead up to the chorus.
0: Is it the I thought it was okay, because I was walking when I was listening to the album and so I could have swore, hold on, we're gonna take a quick pause so I can play the song and edit it out. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, so Anna and I were listening to this and like when I heard
1: Sarah, I was like, let's listen to the album. And I started talking and I started playing serotonin and I was like, Oh my gosh, I really like the song. Like it's so catchy, especially in the middle. And I was like, Oh, I need to listen to this again. So like, I just kind of started listening to it on repeat. Um, And then I was like, okay, let's get off the roof. And that's when I fell and like mm-hmm. had to go to the fucking urgent care. So I, I think this like series of events of, Taylor Swift posting the girl in red album, <laughs> <laughs> me, me freaking out about it, and then hanging out with another like lesbian who I'm converting into Swiftyism Like literally before as listen- as I'm no. dead ass because before we started listening to Girl in Red, I was like Anna, we need to. Li- I need to show you my my Taylor Swift pl- my Gaylor Swift playlist, mm-hmm. and I did. It's a great playlist. Name. Everyone should follow it. Everyone should follow my playlist. Um, and it's. I was, like, showing her the music, and I was trying to explain to her the August Betty Cardigan, like, mm-hmm. triad, and, like, the story going on there, and all the music, and she was like, wow, this is good. I'm like, exactly, it is good. Um, And then, so that, that's how we transitioned into mm-hmm. the girl in red listening. So really, I think I have Taylor Swift to blame for my major head injury. And I think I... you can send
0: her the medical bills.
1: Yeah. There. The copay was only $35, so...
0: Taylor Swift, Venmo me $35. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I would like to correct myself because I said I didn't like the first song. I I, I think it just took me a while to get into the first song. And so as I was walking, maybe when I started to like it, I thought it was a different song. I like the first song, just serotonin. I didn't love Did You Come. Me neither. I don't really love Did You Come either. But I like, Mm -hmm. I like. And I like Body and Mind. I really like Body and Mind. I
1: think I like Body and Mind. I think I like Horny Love Sickness. I love Midnight Lie. I like uh, I think okay, I but like But you got
0: both of the titles of those songs wrong, but Or sorry, closely. Horny Love Sickness, Midnight Love. Yeah. Uh, the first like... one is it's Horny Love Sick Mess,
1: not sickness. Oh, it's my computer is like far away from me and I have a concussion so I cannot really see. Oh yeah, I
0: probably I probably shouldn't shouldn't I'll, I'll try to bully you significantly less because you are concussed
1: so <laughs> no it's like taylor swift gave me mental illness but she also gave me a concussion so
0: yeah i mean i i think that's just par for the course of being a swifty if you're a swifty oh, okay. you should be ready to be concussed by taylor swift at any any given moment. I romance.
1: agree. Like that's that's just that's just the reality of the situation. Oh, but we also need to talk about the significance of her posting that on April 30th, which is the not only Diana Agron's birthday, but also mm-hmm. the day that Swifties were literally Foaming at the mouth for her to release another album. Like there were so many theories about a third album in the sister trio or in a sister duo of Evermore and Folklore. They were like, "Oh, there's gonna be a Woodvale. There's gonna be Woodvale." Like, well,
0: I was gonna say our Twitter mutual Megan was going apps like basically committing psychological warfare on On the Twitter timeline. Yes. Like, tweeting, like, oh my gosh, Woodvale is so good. And, like, a fake Spotify link with Woodvale. At Lady at Turd, you are Mm -hmm. a terrorist. Literally, like, I moved a couple of times. I can't even lie. Like, she got me. (laughs) You clicked the links. (laughs) She got me. But we were on Zoom, like, when the violence was happening on the timeline. So we were experiencing it together. As... At any given moment, just assume that Sunny and I are on a Zoom together. So <laughs> anything that happens to either of us, there's yeah. always a witness. I mean, um, no, yesterday when when I found out that okay, the reason okay I found wait out hold it, on, I have a question. Yeah, I might have to look it up. Do you remember the which particular song that Taylor Swift posted on her Instagram story? It I know just, it, I think it was a screenshot of the album. I thought there was like a particular song because I feel like I saw a screenshot of it on Twitter and someone was like, not only did she post Girl in Red, but like this is the song that she decides to like. Oh,
1: the post. Oh, the song was I'll Call You Mine.
0: Oh, okay. Which and then I she think said that... entire album on repeat. Yeah. I think that song title paired with it being Diana Agron's birthday really, <laughs> and Girl in Red, just really sent like, especially the like hundred foot deep gaylores just yeah. like after yeah. predicting like yeah. if you heard a like a scream just like a screech maybe three a miles collect- away from wherever you were yeah. it was gaylor yeah opening yeah Taylor's well, account. the reason why
1: I even knew about this was because literally 10 minutes after Taylor Swift posted that Instagram story I got a text from my other Swifty friend who not <laughs> No, 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 no. She's been a Swifty from the beginning, like, since she was, like, mm-hmm. seven or eight years old, right? And mm-hmm. she um, she went to the Reputation tour. I was I was going to go with her. Oh,
0: I know this friend. Yeah, yes. She told me this. Yes. Yeah,
1: so, like, I was going to go with her, but it was, like, the tickets were, like, 200 something dollars because it was the ones that are closest to... And also, at that point, this was... When did she release Reputation? 2017? 2018? 2017? Like, I wasn't yeah. as big of a Swifty then because I wasn't in the I wasn't in the Gaylor fandom right like I wasn't that because like I really liked her music but I wasn't mm-hmm. like in the cult of Swiftyism like I am now um yeah. so at that point I was like and eh, it's not really worth dropping like close to $300 to go like see her for music that I don't even recognize because I didn't know reputation that well so I was like okay whatever Ca- like my friend Cassie like she just went alone but the thing is is that she Cassie got to meet Taylor Swift at that concert like they have photos together and everything Um, and... That is so so insane. Isn't that crazy? Like, and the thing is, is that the way that Taylor Swift runs... Like, Cassie explained this to me. The way that Taylor Swift runs her concert situation is that, um, every concert, like, her mom is in the audience, like... in the, in the seats at the very front, uh, picking out people to meet Taylor after the show, but you can only meet Taylor after a show once. So, you know, she takes out your name and like if you have met her before at previous concerts, like you can't meet her again, but if you haven't, then like, you know, so so her so so cassie saw taylor swift's mom like in the audience and her the mom and her mom came up to cassie and was like hey i've met taylor swift before like so
0: like i would real experience.
1: my pants
0: like I would, <laughs> I would i would i would fuck that up so because i, I wouldn't be able to speak i'd be like right. like i would i would see taylor swift's mom and i think just The energy, like, especially if I knew that that's what was happening, the energy of wanting it so bad would, like, repel her away before (laughs) I even asked. The desperation. Yeah. I would be like, 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 it would just be so obvious that I was freaking out, but trying to be chill, that, like, I wouldn't (laughs) be approachable, and then even if she did, I would, like, my audio processing like adhd malware would just go like i wouldn't be able to answer the question like yeah. it would sound like gibberish yeah. coming into my brain if i'm that overwhelmed yeah like i would just full body shut down but anyway what thing why i brought up cassie was that cassie sends
1: me a text mm-hmm. out of the blue oh and yes i listen I respond to texts immediately. I'm a Gemini Mercury and rising. Like, I don't give a fuck. I respond to every text of me as soon as I get them. I open the message and it's a screenshot of Taylor Swift's story. And at first I thought that Cassie was like pulling my leg. I was like, what? Like, is this a joke? Like, I literally, I, de- I thought it was a joke. And I was on FaceTime with our other lesbian Swifty friends. And I think with Renaissance as well. So I go on to Taylor Swift's Instagram. I open her story. And what do I see? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Remember uh, this? Yeah. I was, like, freaking the fuck out. And so I was, like, yelling at her. I was yelling at you and our friends. Like, guys, Taylor Swift's Instagram story is the Girl in Red album. Like, so, yeah. That's how I found out. And I lost my shit and, like, went to Inst- went to Twitter and was, like, guys I also went to Instagram I was like guys like come on and I think that I think that Taylor Swift was really I think she knew there's no way that she okay two things Taylor Swift is definitely like an internet gal like the way you know the way she is but like the first thing is that she definitely knew that her entire fan base was just just fucking foamy at the mouth waiting for an album to drop on the 30th and she didn't have like she didn't have anything for us mm-hmm. so because she knew that she also knew that we were craving some sort of content so the second point to this is that that's as she knew that the person who was actually dropping an album that day april 30th was mm-hmm. girl in red so she was like okay i'll just take this opportunity for uh, to on this day to promo Girl in Red's album and like support her because obviously like Swifties are trolling my Instagram page every three seconds right now. I was
0: gonna say I was like I wonder like what the like analytics for this album looks like before and after Taylor, Taylor Swift shouted out because the thing is is that even, even Taylor fans or Swifties who maybe like regardless of whatever's happening is not checking her account all the time that uh, April 30th that particular Friday yeah everyone, everyone. Like if, you, if you had listened to at least Folklore and Evermore at once in passing you yeah. were waiting for something on that day yeah so the fact that like Taylor Swift and album release were like in the same sentence even though it was about Girl in Red like that should spread like wildfire yeah it kind of reminds me
1: about how uh when I, I remember the day when taylor swift like kind of in 2018 i think when she broke her silence on like politics and stuff Breaking that her silence
0: tati you know, literally broke Westbrook.
1: her because she said she's she, that girl spent her whole
0: career tight-lipped about mm-hmm.
1: her like about voting and shit like she didn't well
0: i've read oh the, my god yes i don't know yes is, i think it's the speak now taylor biography and it's an 11 election it was one of obama's elections yeah and she's just like i hope it was just a very millennial take she's yes like, she was so excited like, to vote think for the so first time for young people to go out and vote. <laughs> i'm so excited mm-hmm. to be able to vote <laughs> yeah it was just like about voting and being yes. like i'm using my voice in the government <laughs> but like political affiliation or party affiliation was yeah. none to be found right
1: and but the thing i remember in that article you were reading out
0: reading it out loud to me and at one point
1: it was like but we dear reader think that she's voting for obama like
0: that right? yeah uh-huh. well think i was- think just that political landscape and how popular obama was yeah then like at, yeah. at the beginning I, I don't think it would have been that surprising yeah but. but i
1: also think that like with taylor swift um in 2018 when the midterms were happening like i remember this so well because i was i i was canvassing like nearly every day this was in my mm-hmm. political girl boss era so like <laughs> i was and and so when taylor swift like when like she made every fucking headline the new york times mm-hmm. like that was the biggest headline that day taylor swift made an instagram post saying that you should like what like, her impact is honestly astounding because, like, and like I think what, that... other, what other celebrity being, like, vote Democrat
0: would make that sort of splash? Like, you know? Well, 100%. And I think even in the article, like, the little autobiography that I do have of Taylor Swift that's literally from 10 years ago, yeah. um, even though it was very censored and restricted, that – article was like more like as she got more famous because that was only for her second album that was for speak now which obviously she was like a big pop star at that time and like her titular album is really popular but it still was like you know a limited fan base like she didn't have the big social media following and then as she got more famous it just like zilch zip zipperoony and then yeah and then when she said vote Democrat, that that made big news. And then also someone just retweeted an old tweet of hers on my timeline, that was when she um like tweeted Donald Trump or something, just like I can't wait to vote you out of office or whatever because of one of the things that he said. And the likes on that tweet is two point one million likes. Jesus Christ, saying to vote Donald Trump out of office. Now obviously that's like. She has the a lot bare of international, minimum. Well, yeah. bare minimum, and she has a lot of international fans yeah. who, like, regardless, would not be able to vote.
1: No, I think it's really interesting. Her impact. and like, I've seen. Okay, I've seen a lot of t- t- TikToks that are like talking about how like there's this guy who was like, oh, I work security for one of Taylor Swift's concerts, and she's like super racist. I was like, okay, what? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? There's the one security guy. Um, and then I, also people who are who are making like very valid. Sort of statements, not even criticisms, but like how because Taylor Swift is because Taylor Swift is such like a massive pop star and like she's she has so much influence. She's never going to make any statements or make any sort of public political statements that are anything anything left of center, anything even like remotely out of line of um you know the majority of what people believe and. Like that is definitely very true because you know she's a millionaire pop star like of course and she's mm-hmm. a white lady on top of all that and her parents are her parents were like millionaires before she ever was a pop star so
0: like of course that's the truth Yeah, for some reason several lyrics and like either folklore or evermore talk about cleaning houses and all yeah. of these like yeah. minimum wage jobs <laughs> and just like like in nobody no, well, body, no crime she's like, like I me. know how to clean a house like what house have you ever what house cleaned? have you cleaned, ma'am? ever? My- <laughs> And, like, Literally. to the degree and with the frequency that you would know how to clean up a crime scene. Like, that, yeah, yeah. that experience yeah. is not... And, is like, I think that's very much indicative
1: of how she writes from fictional perspectives very often. Like, from the beginning of her career. Yeah. Like, and I think, like, this is the other thing that I saw one time in talking about, like, mitsky's work is that as, because Mitsuki and all, a lot of other female artists are female artists, like, people kind of project... um project their understandings of their relationships onto their art and their work even though often like you can make art that has nothing to do with you and has and has a and is more of like fiction or something that is based off of other people's experiences and not your own um but because of the way that like the music industry works and because of how ce- like celebrity works and because of how uh parasocial relationships like the ones that we have with taylor swift as well as
0: like no we like, have our relationship with taylor swift is very real we know her personally we, we are best friends with her to be quite honest um yeah.
1: <laughs> but like it's like because of the nature of all of these things people kind of like really personalize uh the the like people's music but it's like a lot of the times you know she talks about how when she was writing love stories she was like 17 and like was just was probably just like mad that her parents wouldn't let her go on a date or something and so she she like wrote this very like dramatic romeo and Juliet esque song which Mm -hmm. i think is so funny because it's like it is so indicative of it is such a reality of like teenage girlhood being like so upset over something stupid and then like expressing yourself in this incredibly dramatic way but like because she's famous and rich her like that is that music is just forever in her like her legacy and she's going to perform it until she dies she has so much going for her and she has so much like there's so much space for her to fall back she has so mu- many like there, she has so many diehard supporters who will support her no matter what like even after even in like 2017 with like all that Kanye stuff or like you know when things when things yeah. go to shit like she still has fans and supporters and she will always have a lot of money and a lot of fame and so because of that she's able to like break outside of her genre and like write like switch up her sound and like f- and try well to she talks more.
0: about that in the rep in when Miss we watched the reputation tours, yeah 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 she talks about how like you she's grateful or but she's grateful i mean she's rich she always right. was rich always will be rich but i think the because she has like economic freedom like she will never have to worry about paying rent or yeah. having access to food or clothing or anything She has this artistic freedom where she could make the worst album, like absolute dog shit album. She wouldn't even have to promote it. And she will still make significant money off of that just because she is Taylor Swift. And there are, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I would probably stream it at least once just to see if it was bad. (laughs) And I probably still have a favorite song off of the album anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, she could release a cover song of the ABCs and I'm gonna stream it. (laughs) So, like, it, you know, I think she does have that. I mean, when she, because what was the album that came out before Folklore was Lover, and the album before that is Reputation. And, like, yes, they're all by Taylor Swift, but I don't think any previous album could have predicted the following. I mean, obviously, Evermore and Folklore are sister albums and came out, you know, in similar times, and we're still waiting on that third album possibly okay this is the other thing Uh, oh hold on I'll finish this point is um with the trio of reputation lover and folklore going into evermore I think that like it really shows how whatever mood she's in whatever era she's in like she has the ability to like you know, explore that, which I think yeah. is, is really interesting. And it um, also shows that like she has the range and her fans have the range. Yes. Her her fans have the range and they are deranged. So <laughs> both things are two at the same time. Yeah. Um shoot I was gonna say something and then I forgot. You were gonna talk about
1: um her transitions in different albums, different mm-hmm. eras. Mm -hmm. um oh also the third album
0: yes oh okay this is thank you i saw a tweet because uh woodvale did not um debut on friday april 30th as we all hoped someone like had a compilation of like all the quote-unquote evidence that proves oh that my god was gonna the come out like and I was like compiled like google doc ads yeah. like <laughs> and they're just like okay so if no album is coming out today then what the fuck is all this <laughs> like yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. what is this like third um like the use of three emojis and then at the grammy she had like it could, I think, cause didn't you? it was like her third award in that category maybe or something like there are multiple threes, but everyone is, and like the scrunchies came in a pack of three. Yeah. And so and there there's are all the, these.
1: There the link to the Woodvale collection on her yeah.
0: website. Yeah, and so everyone was like, so what the fuck is all this if there's not a What's all album? this then? What's all this? And then? like not even did she not release a new album yesterday, but like she refuses to a peep, a crumb. Like yeah. like not even, even a release date. Yeah, like it's just kind of like a staring match between her fans and her where it's like we know that she knows and she knows that we know that she knows and it's just like this yeah. ever continuum. Yeah. Of like who who's gonna move first. Yeah. Um, but also I mean her and like this third album is just like sitting on millions and millions of dollars because she knows yeah. the anticipation yeah. is built up so how She knows that whatever merch she's gonna drop of the album is gonna sell out within five minutes probably. Yeah. Like is she waiting for... To get her next water bill? Like, what no, is literally. She, like, is what she... What is she waiting for? Saving oh, up for... Like, and doesn't she have York? her own plane? Because I remember yeah. that in, like, America. In so, like, yeah. So, project. like, what is she waiting for that... I mean, maybe it's because she doesn't need the money that she's just like, I'll release this whenever I want. Is, like... Did, um... I was thinking... I mean, okay, so... With
1: with Miss Taylor, with Miss Taylor, Mm -hmm. I was thinking Miss Taylor, she she is she is a menace to society. She needs Mm -hmm. the tweet that was like
0: at the end of the day, she's a white millennial woman, and like I love it when she reminds us of that. I oh, I think maybe you sent me the tweet that was like sometimes Swifties need to be reminded that Taylor Swift is a millennial because it keeps us humble, and that really is true. Because she really just like she She's lets the peak her peak of millennialism, she is, and she loves Epidism. taking those milf selfies, those oh milf angle my selfies. God. I, I love cannot
1: them. the one that I can't believe her post about like thanks guys for bringing delicate to like number one streams isn't mm-hmm. like a fucking shit post. No, like the filter, the yes. the text, like. Some, the way that Lana Del Rey needs Pixar taken away from her, Taylor Swift needs, what like, the Hooji app taken away from her. Like, no! And the photos of her at the Grammys holding the Grammys out to the paparazzi. Girl, girl, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I think her Scorpio Rising gives her this ability to... Come across as incredibly mysterious, but also be very vulnerable at the same time. Like mm-hmm. no one knows anything about her yet, everyone thinks they know so much about her, and like everyone speculates about all of her relationships and who she actually is, and like whether she's actually this stupid, cruel bitch or if she's like a genuine person. Like,
0: but well, okay, on I- the Facetime we had, I said uh-huh. that like as much as as fun as it is to listen to her music and speculate what relationships she's talking about or who she's talking about and the way that we want to consensually and safely kidnap Taylor Swift to make her answer all of our questions. (laughs) Like being Diana Agron, being Carly Kloss and having had these relationships to whatever degree with Taylor Swift and then having to listen to her perspective of the relationship in like a lyrical form that's getting tens, if not hundreds of millions of streams Sounds like psychological warfare. Like yeah. Taylor Swift sounds. She's a Cancer evil.
1: Moon. She is a Cancer Moon, and as a Cancer Sun, mm-hmm. I can only respect her for that. Taylor Swift is a Sagittarius, and so is my mom. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, and so I think is my we mom. Talk we both
0: it. have Sagittarius. Not mom. us having. Ex- okay, I think this is our. lesbian It's the root mommy of issues. our problems. It's the root of our mental illness. It's literally that our lesbian,
1: our lesbian mommy issues, <laughs> and the projection onto Taylor Swift. Yeah it's very much giving that.
0: But I think we are correct for that. Yeah. I think thing. it's valid. I think I think having a Sagittarius mom and then being a Swifty is the correct coping mechanism.
1: The correct coping Yeah, I mean it, yeah, it could be it could be much worse. Um oh, but I also think that like Taylor Swift being okay, okay, okay. The reason why people don't like Taylor Swift, like the reasons that I've been given, like like some people, I know some people who are like, ugh, ta- like you guys, are, you guys are so annoying. Um, Taylor Swift isn't gay. She's just, like, white, and you guys are, like, white and annoying too. Or people will be like, oh, my gosh, like, I just don't really like her. And it'll also be a millennial white woman. And it's, like, mm-hmm. bestie. I think you don't like her because you realize – Okay, I think that gay people who don't like her because they don't think she's gay and they think that people who think she's gay are delusional, I think they're just bullies, and they don't like seeing other people have fun. They literally just they're don't.
0: It. They're haters, you know? I just – you know there are musical artists that I just do not like the vocal stylings of. Um, should I say who my main one is? The artist that has a lot of fans. Every male artist. No, it's a feat. It's an. It's a like. Okay, let me guess. Let me guess. Queer is artist.
1: it like? Is it like Halsey? it's
0: literally it was literally halsey yes yes. (laughs) my fucking mind one of my best friends is a halsey stan joe if you're listening i love you and i support your love for halsey no my friend teo is a major halsey stan i cannot listen to her voice when um to be honest badlands
1: deluxe 2015 that shit rocked my world like that should change my life. And I still listen to it to this day, but her new music, I can't, I don't know. It's just not, it doesn't give me anything. It's not
0: interesting to me in any particular way. People who don't like Taylor Swift because they don't like her music or her voice or whatever, I think they're wrong. Um, but as someone who doesn't like someone who is obviously very, very popular and has a lot of fans who really enjoys her voice, I like can't diss it but people who say that like she's not talented or that her lyricism isn't good or she can't like make music is when I'm just like you just don't like things like
1: like people you just don't like it when other people enjoy things and that sucks for you because some of us experience joy I don't know about you
0: yeah which I feel like this point of not enjoying things and not wanting to experience joy will really segue us into our next point, <laughs> which is where we talk about something that we watched or consumed together. And for this week, we both, uh, or I made, really, Sunny watch the show Stella Blomqvist. I know that I'm pronouncing the last name wrong. They even say Stella in like an Icelandic accent, and I know I'm... I can't I do it or whatever yeah and even the other main female character the one the blonde one that's the ministry yeah. of I, I can't pronounce her fucking last name what the fuck is that supposed to be i can't pronounce her first the, the one that starts with the capital d that's her first name and i you tried listening to... To... yeah
1: sorry <laughs> to our
0: icelandic audience um if we have any listeners in iceland yeah. So sorry. We we're, we're just going to use physical descriptors. So Stella is the main character, title of the show. Um, the Minister of Interior or whatever, she's just gonna be the blonde one. Yeah. And there's Gunna, we can say Gunna. Yeah. Uh, who is her landlord bestie, the only landlord that deserves rights. Mm. And we can Go from every you're just gonna have to keep up. I don't know how to, uh, yeah. So, basically, the premise her. of the show
1: is that it's a crime show, and we're following this private detective named Stella Blomkevist. And mm-hmm. her, initially, we find out that there has been a murder of the aide, one of the a female aide to the minister, like to the, the prime husband.
0: minister, like the yes. leader,
1: the prime minister of the country, who is this. Like, dickwad, stupid-ass dude. Um,
0: he is a himbo. Like, he is a himbo. definition of the himbo.
1: Basically, every man in the show is dumb. Very Just dumb. clownish, low intellect, like, genuinely. Written that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, the show follows her as... It's six episodes long. There's only one season now. And to each... Each of the two episodes covers a single case, but all the cases end up connecting. And we have a couple major, like, character arcs and relationships and things. And the thing that I first noticed when Renaissance forced me at gunpoint, at digital gunpoint, to watch Mm -hmm. the show with her is that it very much reminds me of BBC Sherlock. Which
0: made my skin crawl when you said that, but because you're right and i yeah. didn't realize the it. thing
1: is is that me and renaissance both had sherlock phases so we yeah. can't really talk like we are the height of cringe and we accept it at least i do i am I'm-, I'm not in my denial phase i'm in my acceptance stage. i
0: don't deny it i just <laughs> i just didn't you want to be reminded it. that it was tied to that past like I, you
1: reject that you literally yeah. reject it
0: when yeah. you said it it I'm constantly reminded whenever BBC Sherlock comes up and just conversation on the timeline, whatever, is that my most watched episode of that show, my favorite episode of that show is the one with Irene Adler, which is basically like the counterpart to or the female counterpart to Sherlock, because I was gay and I didn't know it. And I like sexy, smart women, um, who just like said very smart things while being naked. Yeah. And, which is, like, the majority of her time as a character on the show. And also, that's what Stella Blomkovich is very very Yeah. Like. No. Like so, when you said that, I was like, oh, this is just my Irene Adler obsession. Yeah. Coming back yeah. almost, like, eight years later.
1: Like, because Stella Blomkovich is a character who reminds me of both irene adler and sherlock kind of mm-hmm. together because because she's a genius in the way that both of those characters are she's kind of like psychopathic in the way that sherlock is and mm-hmm. she's also very vulnerable and naive in a lot of the ways that these two characters are even though she's incredibly intelligent but because also because she's a woman and because she's a young woman um in the show like she is she is patronized constantly throughout the show um and she is constantly underestimated, and th- I think like that's a common theme in a lot of detective crime stories of uh, featuring young people as the detective and the and the crime solver. Um, and I think that because all of the intellectual forces in the show are women who all have their own like motivations that are really particular. Um,
0: all that's of the part. significant characters are women. Even yeah. the aide to the cultural attache in the third case in the last yeah, two episodes yeah, yeah. is, like, she is yeah. the power force and yeah. obviously a woman.
1: Yeah, so I think that, like, that's pretty cool. Um, Renaissance is, like, nervous about me not liking the show because it's, like, her favorite thing ever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of them. And it's, def- it's, like, okay. So context into how I... Got into the show. I found the show in a recommendation thread for Killing Eve stands, and I watched this show like a year ago, like April of 2020. Last Killing year. Eve or Still a Bumpivist? Um, I I had watched like the first season of Killing Eve, like when it came out. Then I had just watched the second one, so I was like getting into the Killing Eve fandom right before season three came out. Hmm. For gotcha. timeline contextually. So I, I had like just finished season two and I was like gaining Killing Eve Mutuals when I found this recommendation. And um, I saw it and it's like not a very popular show, obviously, because it's in Icelandic and the only people who speak Icelandic are people who live there. And it's not a very heavily populated country. Um, and so they're just like, oh my gosh, please check out this show. And so I was really in that mindset, like media wise. And I had known about the main like romantic—I don't even know if you could call it a romantic relationship. It's really a sexual relationship that takes place in the show because of it. The recommendation was for Killing Eve stands, who are also deranged. Swifties and yeah. Killing Eve stands are both deranged. Yes. Um, and so that's how I got into the show. I watched the the majority of the season in one sitting. I started it at midnight, finished the first five episodes around 5am when I have to go to sleep, went to sleep, woke up, watched the last episode. I wish I had my reaction thread for when I watched it, but it was on my previous account that got suspended. Twitter support, if you're listening, please reactivate that account. Um, (laughs) And so yeah, it, it has my initial reactions. You didn't I don't know, you react internally, just in general, so I couldn't tell when you were Really intrigued, and when you were really bored, which is why I think I perceived you as being just bored and hating it the entire time. Even you have kept... react internally. That's very funny because all my friends who've ever you, watched. You've admitted, admitted like, that you do. That you I do? are an internal reactor. Yeah.
1: Well, that's interesting because all, all my friends find it very annoying when I watch things with them because, like, in real life, because they're very much like, Sonny, can you shut the fuck up? Like,
0: <laughs> can you stop? That's when reacting? you, like, when you are. When you're the one showing me something and you're excited to, like, like when we watch Birds of Prey, you do not stop talking a single second that Birds of Prey is on. Um, That is true. But I think when you are being – or like something's happening to you, you react internally. Like, when there's – when you're not eager to share with someone. Interesting. Yeah,
1: because I'm trying to, like, withhold my judgment and – um, experience it in a genuine way but the thing is is that if I had to as soon as the show and as soon as we finished the last episode I think that if I had to get I, I'm i the kind of person who Letterboxd and Goodreads have poisoned my brain I need to give all media five star ratings like ratings out out of five stars mm-hmm. and I think if I had to give um, Stella Bumkvist, um a rating out of five stars I would say like a 3.5
0: personally like That's not mine, but that's higher than what I thought you were going to give it. And I really appreciate that rating. (laughs) From
1: Well, the reason why it's a 3.5 for me is because on an objective level and on a way, like in a way. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's break this out into a couple perspectives. There's Mm -hmm. the gay person perspective. There is. I love it. There is a gay person perspective. There is the like film critic perspective. Yeah. There is like my personal opinion. Yeah. So like the gay person perspective is like a five star situation because it's <laughs> exactly like, exactly because Renaissance was just like vibrating and seething at the fucking foaming like mm-hmm. every every
0: other No, scene. I really was trying at the beginning you were just not giving what I wanted you to give when the gay yeah. activities were happening. So I, I tried to like I was like, come on, be excited and you were not. So then throughout the rest of the season I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep this to myself. So there were scenes in the last two episodes where I'm just like, you know what? On the inside, I'm having a I'm having a gale time over here. <laughs> but I was I was not showing it. I might have slipped a couple of times, <laughs> if you, you would be like,
1: You would be like, oh my god, she's so sexy. And she'd be, like, yes. walking. Like, she'd be yeah. like... Oh yeah, no, no you'd you'd be like, like, oh Stella
0: doing anything throughout the entire show, I was attracted to her from start to finish. I think she is so sexy in the entire show. to <laughs> Reed, if you're listening, if you find this somehow, call me anytime. I know you're married to a literal man. I do not care. I don't respect <laughs> men. You can call me anytime.
1: So basically the thing is, it, from the gay person's perspective, I understand that it would be like a four or five star show because of the, the gay sex and whatever. Yeah. But um, so from the film critic's perspective, I think it deserves like a three star because I think that it's it's well made in some aspects, but in other ways it's like not. For example, I think our, our character, I feel like Stella as a character is simultaneously like trying, like She is trying to be what like men think is sexy while also being trying to be like what like women think is appealing or what women should aspire to be. I think it shows in moments where she's vulnerable versus moments where she is like badass in moments where she is able to break down the entire scene and like explain things that's like, oh, wow, this is mind blowing. Like I understand the whole situation. Now those scenes make her seem like very intelligent and badass, which like she is, but she also gets like in moments where she gets captured or like, it has violence done upon her her or is in any way like violated it feels like it feels almost like gratuitous in in the way that like it's kind of it's kind of like filmed and written and i know i think this is written by what two men and one woman yeah i feel like it shows because i think that on a realistic level like for who she like for who she was and the level of intelligence and like badassery she would have like it didn't make sense for her to not be more mm, like physically aggressive i wanted to see her be more physically aggressive in the show
0: because that, i i do remember that critique when i first watched it keep in mind the first time i watched it it was just for gay content in which it was a perfect experience Watching this with you, and I was, like, looking at other things, I do wish that there were more times when she physically fought back. There are a couple, and when she does, I really like it. For example, when she get takes off her heel and punctures the guy's cheek with the yeah. heel of her shoe. Yeah. I really like that moment. There is a moment when she... Um, I can't remember if she wins or loses that fight, but when she confronts the prime minister and the other aide comes in and she has the taser, I think when she has the taser, it's really good. I think there's a very funny moment. This is an aggressive moment, but the times when she's interacting with the two cops that are like constantly hunting and kidnapping her, I, she's like intellectually aggressive and it's just like I can't believe I'm in a car with these two like meatheads but she's not very physically aggressive whenever she is captured yeah. it, like, and that just not f- makes there are moments where it's like
1: the viewer is supposed to be uncomfortable and the viewer is uncomfortable but, um, uh, is uncomfortable but it's like I don't think it's like for the right reasons or like done done in any particularly like nuanced or interesting way like I think that if every time we see every time we see her come into conflict, like, it's, it, it kind of gets repetitive when she keeps on getting kidnapped or when she keeps on, like, coming walking right into situations. Like, it's, like, this girl should be, like, logically, she should be more on, more on edge and more, like, self-defensive. And, like, the flashbacks to her, like, childhood trauma that happened in well, every...
0: that, okay. On the on-defense thing, I have questions just about Icelandic culture and how that happens. Because also, you have to keep in mind that we're two uh, female presenting people who live in the United States. And like any moment, we are like, you just have to be, I think, more self aware. I don't think that is as instilled in Iceland as it is here. I don't know the exact statistics, but I think just the violence that you have to be prepared for living in the United States would probably be more than in Iceland but I also and on and on the second point is that the thing the whole idea of the show is that like this case is bigger than anything that she's ever worked on before like the way that we see her law career in the beginning is that she's called because she's supposed to help this like she knows who is suspected of doing the murder and the only time that she has like defended him, has been for like petty crimes. Yeah, so, like, yeah.
1: but it's like for she her has to work for as, the government, like for her to be as badass and intelligent as she is, regardless mm-hmm. of how far along she is in her career, it just and especially, like, especially by the third, fourth, fifth episodes of this, I'm like why has this girl not taken a self-defense class? Like, why yeah. has she not learned some moves? Like, like yeah. it does not make sense. I think, like, that was something that I was like, she was put in these vulnerable situations that oftentimes, like, just didn't make sense for the storytelling or, like, logically. So that's one thing that I thought about. And I, think other- it,
0: I think it moved in it a lot. I think it made sense. I just don't think that the scenes where she's captured were fully fleshed out in a way that it would make sense that she lost that capturing. It kind of just feels like she ran into the bad guys and then they took her, which could have made sense if she was more physically aggressive and the power dynamics were different. But she doesn't physically fight back as much or as well as I wish she would.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think another thing about the another thing about the storytelling that I think could have been improved, or like I just think that there there are there are things that are kind of like uninspired in the ways that it's like shot or directed and like that's fine I, I disagree that, with that. No, I I think it's like well okay this is the other thing. So if we're doing the Sherlock comparison, Raggy or Ragi or whatever the fuck, how you, Heather, however the fuck you pronounce the cop's name, the cop that she mm-hmm. works with, he yeah. is he is the Lestrade of the show, right? Like, he yeah. is, he's the bumbling cop who doesn't really know, he's pretty un- incompetent and he al- he's always looking to Stella to, like, solve the cases for him, basically. But the John Watson of the show is, oh, this is the other thing, is, like, Guna. But the thing is, is that Guna, like, in Sherlock, in BBC Sherlock, we get a profile of of John Watson that is makes him this character that feels so like well rounded and like rooted in reality. But Guna feels like a cartoon character. Like she doesn't feel like a real person in the way that like Stella and the other characters in the show do Um, because Guna is really ultimately just like this side, like this like side chick. And she understands that too, especially in the last episode where she's like, Stop pushing me the way, like, I'm injured and you are the reason why I'm injured. Like, she doesn't feel like a real character in the way that the other characters do. The same way that these men and the antagonists in this show also oftentimes don't really feel like real people. They just, I mean, they, they are, that's why, that's another way that it's kind of similar to Sherlock, where it's like the a lot of the antagonists feel like almost cartoonishly villainous or cartoonishly, exaggerated like like the teenagers who are you know evil little terrorists like that's the ex- that's the extent to like who they are and like the Chinese ambassador and whatever oh and I also think that another element of the criticism of the show like from my personal perspective is like I think that like this representation of like of like China and
0: like this yeah the the, the political relations were questionable
1: the whole political setting and setup of this show the whole premise of the show it's like I'm like, mm, this is very interesting because yeah, it's it's very much like furthering, a uh, furthering some like a xenophobic sort of perception of China and its supposed
0: control over the world and stuff. Um, but it's like we're gonna finish this. I'm gonna go back to your like calling Guna and the other characters like cartoonish, cartoonish, basically because I just disagree. I I. I disagree with that characterization. Not that I think that like your opinion is wrong. Like if that's your opinion of the characters and how it's written, then that is that. I just don't think that that's like objective. Like I, I don't think that that is an objective criticism on on that characterization.
1: I guess like the moments where these characters, like humanity shines through, the moments where that where that does happen and stuff, like it is endearing and it does like kind of like it just makes sense, but I, I just I just feel like there's like something missing. There's some there's some emotional aspect to the show that like is kind of missing for me, and that's why it's like a three point five. Because the other what I was talking about initially, where it's like okay, gay people are gonna be like five stars. I Feel like critics would be like three stars because I feel like there's you know I, there's something there's something really fundamentally missing in the show. I feel like in terms of like the storytelling, there there's something like the whole China thing feels like such a cop-out like when it was first once we first started talking like once we were first in um at the very beginning once we were first um sort of introduced to that prevailing conflict of that sort of thing where it's like oh all these men in power are like fucking with each other and um they're like all yeah but okay
0: like i agree that just having uh or presenting a conflict with china because it's a political show and and it there's like this big or economic deal power.
1: like any foreign power and that yeah. is like i that's just such a cop-out like what because we as an audience don't know about the machinations of that we're just supposed to view that as like the general conflict that looms yeah but so that's the it ties the it all together the
0: nature of watching like that's just the and this nature is of liberalism like That's shows. just the media of this was the nature of watching media, like. But but see, this is why I don't in like this shows. political climate, um, I also have no, to follow- but that- you, well, see, seen- I, I was watching.
1: I was yeah. watching Stella Bunker, so I wasn't thinking about how you were reacting to it, so I didn't know that my reaction to your reaction to us watching it was informing how you are watching it. Does that make sense? Like, I didn't know. Like, I I didn't think about that so like that wasn't that wasn't on my that wasn't on my fucking radar like I wasn't thinking about that and plus I did enjoy the show I think it was fun and it was really engaging because every like I would annoy you during the day because I'd be like
0: let's watch yeah. so I want to finish I was getting mixed signals because you were like okay when are we gonna watch this? so when are we gonna watch it it gave like you wanted to watch it but the thing <laughs> is is that because you are so like just non-reactive Throughout the entire, like it didn't matter if it was like one of those like more slower parts of the show or if something like a major plot point was happening, your face was the in- the same the entire <laughs> time. So, but then like for me, and I'm just like when I watch things because I knew what was happening, like my instincts were in. It. If we're if we were both watching this for the first time together, I would have been screaming and talking the entire time and just like <laughs> all over the place. But because I was like, okay, now that this is gonna happen, I don't want to like I don't want my my instincts to like like show like kind of like show the cards of what was going to happen next I was like okay I'm just gonna let Sunny react to this like rock just like I'm not gonna say anything because I wanted like your true reaction you want your person- true reactions? Were n- you nothing? Yo, you're the no only ever told
1: me that I'm not reactive. to so like media like I feel okay. I think I'm you? okay. This is the thing. I'm very Where? much underestimating the impact of like my Capricorn Moon in my portraying of my like, emotions.
0: It's, but, I think, okay, this okay. But this is the thing: is that you you gave that you wanted to watch it so you are like texting me that you wanted to watch it, or that like, like, like this was so annoying.
1: I, I like let's watch it because I couldn't watch mm-hmm. it on my own. You you were the one who had like the login yeah. and you were the one who could who was zooming. It. so i was like let's watch the show but i was like, so not respond you. The you would only- be tired
0: you would be yeah. busy i'd be like are you fucking kidding me we need the to only the show. motivation <laughs> or like the perception of the only motivation that you had for wanting to watch this show was to just like get more like roast content <laughs> against me like it felt very never- hate watchy. Okay. If like you only wanted watch to watch, watch it, so that you could be like, actually, your opinion is invalid because no, no, you no, like no, this no, no, show.
1: No, no, no. no, no. Listen, like, I. That's what I, it felt like. Don't.
0: No, no, no. I don't hate watch media
1: or hate read anything. If I don't like something, I will put it down. Like after last year, after like the end of twenty twenty, I kind of realized I'm like, it's just not worth wasting my time on media that I think is bad when there are so much media out there that I know I will love so I would never waste my time on something that I think isn't good if I watch something that's why during Wonder Woman I was like I don't want to hate watch this it's I, I don't give a fuck like I don't I literally just don't care because I don't care to consume bad media like that's what I'm saying like if I want to watch something it's because I think it's good like I wouldn't want to watch it unless I thought Yeah but you also
0: lie. <laughs> I lie? I lie. <laughs> What did I lie about? Let me know. Well, the thing is just... that you tell me when you lie. So if I ex- say the lies, they're <laughs> never, te- like, you but then I'm just no, like, no, what no, if this no. is the moment that, like, it turns? Like, what if this is the moment where, like, I become the person that Sunny S- shit talks about instead of the person that Sunny no, shit talks to? That's... And I was like, I can't no. give up this role. I can't give up this positioning and this leverage that I have. And <laughs> I was, just, like, I was just, like, I need to, like, pace this out so like Sunny wants to watch That is <laughs> so funny. This place. is
1: us, this is how we're playing against each other because you're a
0: Gemini yeah. moon and I'm and I'm a Gemini rising. Like we're just it's it's a bad Well battle. and I'm a Gemini Oh wait, did you say I'm a Gemini moon or that you're yes, a Capricorn moon? You're yeah. a Gemini
1: moon, I'm a Gemini rising. Like it's yeah. a battle. It's a battle to the death every day.
0: Yeah. Like-
1: so like we're like, yes. Okay. And see, yesterday when I, okay, this is the other thing. I, was, I this is the other reason why I brought up Anna. Yesterday when I was talking to Anna, I was like, oh yeah, because this was before I knew I was gonna hit my head on and splat on some concrete. Yeah. I was like, oh tonight when I get home, I'm going to record the podcast with Renaissance and I and we've been watching this show called Telebomkavist and uh, we're like four episodes in. We still need to watch the last couple ones. I I think it's a pretty good show. It's like a, it's like a sapphic crime thing. I was like, explaining to her, I'm like, but the thing is, is that I can't tell Renaissance what I think about it. I can't tell her that I like the show yet because I need to talk about it on the podcast so, so I was telling I was telling Anna about this and Anna was like oh okay like <laughs> but then I ate shit and so we didn't uh, we didn't yeah. end up like watching or recording it until like today so that that is why I think it's so funny that you brought that, you brought that up
0: <laughs> because like it really like it just it felt that you're just like but like it felt like the reason why you kept texting me kind of watch it is because like you just wanted it to be over and you just like hated it and you just wanted to like roast (laughs) me and make fun of me
1: because like I said on an objective level like it's a good show like it's an okay show it's not a show that Mm -hmm. I think anyone could watch and be like wow this is really bad because it's not a badly made show like I think that there are some ways that it could improve like on an objective Mm -hmm. like critical level like I don't think that like Rotten Tomatoes would rate it anything lower than like 65% like it couldn't it can't mm-hmm. be anything worse than that because it, it is it is genuinely like for the amount of resources and energy that is so clearly put into the show like it has to be good you know like
0: there's no they, it can't not finally be... after you like fucking shit talking my no, 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 view and is, perspective I, I of am, media I'm just to movies is that there is an incentive to get the best in a limited amount of time which I've learned to appreciate more right, but right. sometimes I, I also just like to live with characters i like to spend yeah. time with actors yeah. and see so. that's, like that's the shows that i have the very few shows that i have watched
1: like some of the netflix limited series such as like i'm not okay with this or end of the fucking world like things like that like each of the yeah. episodes are like 20 minutes long and it's like there's like 10 episodes or like eight and like the way that the storytelling is done and the way that like the f- the cinematography yeah, is, you refuse like- to watch fleabag
0: it's and you many. like Dairy Girls. If you like Dairy, like you like so many things that are Fleabag, but adjacent, but, but yet, yet is you is never dairy watch Girls Fleabag is comedy. Fleabag is drama. Like no, Fleabag is comedy. It's not a sitcom it's in the way that Dairy Girls is, but it it is, it is it is like the foundation of it is comedy. It is not a. It's not like Still a Blonkist or anything. Like, it's even it's well, more comedy than even Shiva Baby, which is drama and it is very funny at times like it's uh i think
1: that like the medium of like tv kind of like is has to make it obvious to the viewers in a way like because it's it's visual as opposed to like 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 words and i just don't i don't enjoy the obviousness of that i don't enjoy the sentimentality sentimentality of that i explained to you i don't like sentimental things i don't like it when things are sentimental i (laughs) i only like media that is that that is kind of cold at its heart. Because I uh,
0: I, I have an uh, ice that's cold heart. Like, I kind of, that's not like that's and that's not know? wrong. That is just so opposite to me.
1: That like you're it, a fire
0: without, sign. like hearing that. I'm a water just, sign with like, an earth man. Actually, like, oh, because to me, I mean I have to say my relationship with media, I def- I definitely watched this show with a very different perspective than when I first watched it because like it literally was a year ago and I've learned and changed political like my politics and how I view things a lot differently now than when I first watched it so I'm not gonna say that I enjoyed it the exact same or I had the sa- exact same or I picked up on the same things that I did the first time however to me like I first of all I just like the form of acting like I just like I like watching people act and it's like that's... so melodramatic and you're so, it's melodramatically dark and you're really into that yeah and I but just know I, kind of I like like even <laughs> like regardless like I like watching actors
1: this kind of transitions us into our our pitching yeah we need to I need
0: to, so much of this I'm like both of us are going to be cut severely because we're already at a hundred over a hundred minutes so
1: Okay, this podcast is just us. Progressive. Each episode is just progressively longer than the last because yes. we just we just keep fucking talking. But anyways, so the thing is, is that when we were watching *Celebankovis*, like, the, the, I had a lot of things that were on my mind that I'm like, okay, wait, no, this is like, there are books that are like this that I think, like, Renaissance would just really enjoy, and that's what I'm gonna be pitching to you today. So yes, I have two books.
0: Um, one book. Oh wait, is- hold on. I would just also like to say I have not been avoiding Sunny's book recommendations. I got a library card and uh have my library's app on my phone to get books cuz I don't live in my hometown and they have no books. So, their, I'm Their selection, like Renaissance selection at their library is yeah. so fucking just Abysmal. it's
1: horrible. It's it's, it's literally
0: despicable.
1: bad. Like so. I mean, I, I'm very – shout out to the St. Louis County Library, uh, like, situation, because it's it's such an extensive network. Okay, so, like, how my library works is that the St. Louis County Library has, well, We don't like,
0: have time to get into how your library well, no, but works, listen. but it is just fundamentally better than mine. So I'm going to try and figure out a way to get access to the book recommendations yes. that Sunny is yes. giving me. So but, we let- will I, – I will be – getting feedback will be on reading. some of these books we will be reading and
1: there are so many elements of Sal Blankovist that I was like wow this very much reminds me of this because Pretty Girls just feels like a much like almost like a darker version of what you enjoy about like Big Little Lies as well as like what you would enjoy about like Sal Blankovist so in Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter Karen Slaughter is like very well known for her thrillers right she's a she's a thriller like what's the word like icon like she's at the top of her field for there and she um she uh, she in in pretty girls uh we get the perspective of these two sisters one sister is quite well off married to a very wealthy man uh and the other sister is they are estranged sisters the other sister is very poor uh she i think she dealt with addiction and now she is Trying to get back on her feet, she has a child, she has a boyfriend, and she has her own business, like grooming dogs, I think. And she's trying to get back on her feet. And basically, what ends up happening that triggers this this book is that at the very beginning of the book, our our main character, one of the sisters, the rich sister, I think her name's Claire. Claire uh, and her husband are out celebrating something because. Claire has been on, like, house arrest. She has, like, an ankle bracelet for some reason. Mm-hmm. We don't really know why. She, she's she been, and so, but it's the last day of her arrest, and she's celebrating with her husband. But as they walk out, they're about to, like, fuck in the alleyway. Her husband gets mugged and murdered in front of her eyes. So then, uh, then uh, through a weird series of events, our... Main character, Claire, goes back home. Like, there's a whole funeral situation. And then she finds on her husband's computer some, like, snuff films. Like, per- like porn that is very violent and basically like it ends in these people being murdered right these like girls being murdered in these in these like pornos and she's like what the fuck why does my husband have this on his computer and something else happens with the other sister who then gets entangled in this mess and now there is sort of a police investigation because our main character claire presents these films to the police department and she's like what the fuck is this? And the police officer is like, oh, don't worry. It's all like fake. And she's like, "Mm, I don't know if that's true. And then things unravel from there. This book is incredibly gory. Like it is, it is very, is vile. Like the descriptions of what happens are like, make made me like sick. Like it's so, it is so disgusting how, what happens. But it ultimately is about talking about, it, it ultimately is talking about um, Like gender and violence against women and um, like rich men and institutions of power that are very fundamentally like corrupt and th- that are ultimately tied to their kind of like violent sexual desires and also the the estrangement and the the ways that women are kind of separated from each other especially since we're following the relationship between these two sisters who haven't spoken in years because of something in their past that we don't really find out about until later and like it really much it very much deals with the with the topics of like sexual violence and and stalking and harassment and you know like what you know how like do you even know, like, who people really are? Like, and the and the thrilling elements of the story, like, it's so fucking fast-paced. Every chapter gives you whiplash. Like, one time when I was reading this book, I was, like, at a party uh, when I had just finished this book, and when I was, like, only halfway through it, I... You know when you like consume a piece of media and like it just puts you in this daze where like you can't think about anything else besides that. Yeah. I was kind of walking through that and so I'd be in class and I'd be like, "No, listen guys, guys." And I would explain to my two th- these two friends, Katie and Alex, "Listen, if you're if you're listening to this, which <laughs> I, you know the entire plot of this book because I sat you down, and explained it to you from like, as I was, I was like, no, but listen, then this happens and then this happens and then this ha-. And then when I finally finished the book, we're at a party later. And I'm like, no, Katie, Alex, come here. And I like sit them down. And I'm like, and then this happens. And then this happens. And then, oh wait, but I forgot to mention this. And then the, like, it was one of those books that I was like, after I finished it, I'm like, I need to fucking talk about it. the other, the other book that I want to recommend to you um, is called fortune favors the dead by Steven Spotswood. And yes. I think you would enjoy this book because it is much more it's much more humorous and not as gory as pretty girls they're they're very they're very not similar at all their books are very different but um favors of the dead is set in 1940s new york we need State. to
0: quicken. i will just take you out we are at 117 minutes i have to re-listen to this to edit this you have recommended me this before i believe you i have i do not remember. yes Yes, yes, you recommended this to me like two times before. When when I was like before I got the library apps, then when you sent me screenshots of like books to try and yeah look for, yeah. I've I've tried to look for this book when I get access to yeah. the books that you're recommending me. I am going to read this. Yes. one. that one no. is on the list.
1: But let me explain the thing. This book has no hype, which is why I'm so- Pretty Girls has a lot of hype. Can you, you can find so many reviews about it? it- Stop, why are you limiting
0: me? You're so At, mean. at you're such 121 a you're such a at 1 because you talk for so long, which I appreciate. I like listening to, but this is a podcast. We are at over 100 minutes. I do have to re-listen to this to do it. Can you at at 121? Can you finish a rec- your recommendation for this book by 121?
1: I'm not even looking at the time. But anyway, let me
0: explain. So, have 119. So, you have This book minutes
1: this book is set in 1940s New York City and it's about we're following this private investigator who is this like MILF uh she has she is chronically ill so she's looking for an assistant and we're from the perspective of the assistant the assistant is this like butch bisexual girl who worked at the as in the circus so she was in a circus and on one of her night jobs one of her night shifts she gets entangled in this like crime in which the MILF detective lady is like, Okay, you should be my assistant. And so she's like, Okay, I'll be your assistant. And so they become these like detectives within the New York City kind of scene. And there is this murder of a very affluent very affluent member of New York city society and they're trying to investigate it. They think that there might be some, something supernatural involved because there was like a fortune teller there. So they start investigating this fortune teller and then also the rich family. And our main character kind of gets into the sapphic relationship with one of the, like one of the heiress's daughter. Um, And that relationship kind of plays out throughout this book. And this book also kind of portrays to us a very funny main character with a very quirky kind of perspective on life and things that happened to her um, and unravels this mystery in such a compelling and tight way with lots of dialogue, lots of very funny, fast-paced scenes. There are lots of moments of like action and it's just it's very engaging and the audiobook is really, really good. So that's my pitch.
0: Amazing, great. Thank you. I'm, I'm. see, that was such a good pitch and significantly less time than the other one. I'm going to start assigning time constraints to your pitches because. Okay, then your pitch has to be less than three minutes. Oh, okay. Mine always are. <laughs> so my recommendation is Unsane. It is a movie from 2018. The director is, hold on. The director is Steven Soderbergh. I don't know any directors. I'm I'm really a film bimbo and I stand by that. Um, but I watched it because the lead actress in the film is Claire Foy, who I adore. And the film is ninety-eight minutes long, which is like one of my preferred uh lengths. Anyways, this movie is about a girl who um has like kind of moved to a new city and she's been living there for a couple of months and she kind of just lives with a boring corporate life but kind of towards the beginning of the film we find out that she left her hometown because she has a stalker or she believes that she had a stalker and so she moved her hometown to kind of like escape that and we get these moments where it's kind of believed that the stalker has returned and followed her to the new city and when she goes to when she calls the police to like report that someone who she has like a uh, restraining order against is like violating that restraining order and trying to follow her again, instead of like going to the police station to get like legal help, she ends up being admitted against her will to the hospital, um, and she kind of like fervently f- fervent, what's the word, fervently. Yeah, fervently like tries to advocate for herself that she's not imagining these things and that and it like there's flashes of his face on other characters and other people's faces and we start the movie believing that like her perception of reality is real and like what we're being shown is what actually is happening but as the movie progresses, the uh, reliability of the narrator becomes more and more and like her credibility as like from her perspective becomes more and more flawed and more and more questionable throughout the film um and the bulk of the movie does take place in the psychiatric hospital but i just think it's a very tight quick based or quick quick-paced film um with like a very interesting narrator and it's a film and it's shot on an iphone if you watch because you you like to like ruminate in the minds of characters and like readings and stuff like that and i'm 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 not going to compete books versus movies just i we just have two different stances on that but i think that this would and since you don't want to watch normal people this i think i want to know what your opinions are on this if you end up watching it of, of how it portrays like the inner mind of a character externally and like visually and how that's communicated with the audience if you do end up watching it. And that was our podcast, folks. We talked about Taylor Swift again, um, and Gaylor Theories. We talked about Stella Blomkovist, which ended up devolving into several different topics of conversation. I still highly recommend watching the show. Sunny gave it a three point five, which for Sunny on a show that is very impressive. And I'm grateful for that rating <laughs> since I thought that Sunny was going to bully me relentlessly for making <laughs> her watch it. Um I think we really set the foundation of how we view media and how we engage with media in a way that I clarifies me, like why I thought that your perception of the show was the way it was. And also how I think basically the, the chemistry for the podcast of how, how we approach the things that we watch and recommend to each other. Um, Cause honestly, I did I didn't fully know your perspective on different media. So that was actually interesting to hear about. And you heard our recommendations. So Sunny recommended the book, Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter, as well yes. as One Favors the Dead by Stephen yes. Spotswood, and I recommended the film Unsane from the year 2018. If you guys end up uh, watching Cilla Blomqvist or any of the recommendations, please let us know and your thoughts. Uh, you can contact me on Twitter at Renaissance with an X, and you can contact Sunny. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at a
1: Sunny Book Nook on Instagram at a sunny with a camera and you can also email us with your hot takes at the yes lavender please podcast. please
0: please send us your hot takes so that yes. we do not have to yes. try and find them on our own I'll and we want able. to engage with you and what you guys think you want to hear us talk about hope you guys liked it um oh
1: email us with your hot takes at the lavender menace podcast at gmail.com Yes. Or with any of your thoughts, any of your reactions, or you can message us. But, you know, email is very formal. And, you know, if you want to, you know, confess your love to us, we would love (laughs) to see that in our inboxes.
0: Yes. And the email is (laughs) checked by both of us. So if you want both of us to hear something and you only DM one of us, um, it's just a great way to talk to both of us at the same time. So I hope you like the podcast and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.